Welcome back to another episode of Classic Movies Live. This is our final episode of the season talking about this year's Best Picture nominees. And uh, so far, if you've been following along, you should that should tell you exactly what movie it is. We're going to talk about Steven Spielberg's version of West Side Story. This is the second adaptation of the stage musical uh, for the screen after the 1961 version. So you could say this is a remake of the 1961 West Side Story, although that's only partially true. Um, This movie is up for several Academy Awards, obviously including Best Picture, but also Best Supporting Actress for Ariana DeBose, Best Production Design, Best Cinematography, and uh, Best Sound, and Best Director for Steven Spielberg. We're going to talk a little bit about what we think on all of those um, nominations, and also, as we normally would, what we think of the movie. This is technically going to be a full spoilers episode. I think we are pretty vague with spoilers, but, you know, if you haven't seen West Side Story yet, and you want to, and you don't want it spoiled for you, come back afterwards. This is a fairly short episode, so, you know, we won't add too much extra time to your day. But if you have seen West Side Story, and you're ready to hear what we have to say about it, uh, here is a song from West Side Story, and this is America. Skyscrapers bloom in America, Cadillacs zoom in America, Industry boom in America. Lots of new housing with more space. Lots of slamming in our face. I'll get the terrace apartment. Better get rid of your accent. Life can be bright in America If you can fight in America Life is alright in America If you're all white in America You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live. The pre-recorded show where we talk about uh, Disney movies, and today's Disney movie is going to be Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. This is another one that's nominated for Best Picture at this year's Academy Awards, and after this we will have... Well, actually, I think this might be the last episode of ours that goes out, so this might actually actually finish off our our Best Picture uh, nominees. Um, Pierre, what do you think of West Side Story? Uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, before we get into like the specifics of why you didn't like it, um, this is, I guess, this is like pretty notable as this is the first musical that Steven Spielberg has directed. Um, and yeah, like, I know we've talked actually. a little bit about, sorry. Well, it's very surprising. Like he's, he's, just directed so many different movies and surprises his his first musical. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We've talked a little bit about Steven Spielberg on the show before uh, very briefly, but um, yeah. What do you, I mean, what do you think about Steven Spielberg in general? Like Uh, maybe that's a broad question. He's, he's potentially the greatest director to have ever, I don't know, directed, if that makes sense. I like, I, I really appreciate, I think, um, something about Spielberg that, uh, 
a lot of people overlook, I think, is that because it, it's it's tough. He he's a very um. He, he's a very well known director. Like he's a very famous director because he directs so much mainstream stuff. But I think a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize how critically acclaimed he is. Like when people think of like a lot of the greatest directors, they always look at like I think they look at automatically at like Kubrick, or they might look at a a more artsy director like like Tarantino or something but Spielberg is definitely someone that you know he's he's done it all he's done he's done the critically acclaimed movies he's done the massive blockbusters he's done the more artsy stuff he's like he he's just like he's done so much that I think people just don't think about him for some reason that makes sense yeah um I think I meant I think we talked about it a little bit when we talked about Coda but like I kind of feel like Steven Spielberg is a little more, a little more of a passive director, but at the same time, he's like, or well, passive is kind of the wrong word maybe, but he's, he's not a loud director the way that like Quentin Tarantino is like, you note you like immediately notice a Quentin Tarantino film with Steven Spielberg. I think you still kind of do a bit, but it's, um, but at the same time, like, I don't know. It's it's very clear after you've seen a bunch of Steven Spielberg movies that, like, E.T. is a Steven Spielberg movie. But it also doesn't have, like, Steven Spielberg's personality injected into every single frame, if that makes sense. Yeah, he's much more of a... Well, that that's what allows him to be so flexible. He's, he's, a, he, he's a director that serves whatever script he's doing uh, as well as possible and, and just... He, he he makes the most out of every script he's given, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. he he creates worlds from from the script through directing. So yeah, like he he does have like yeah, like you said, he does have that kind of signature. There is the Spielberg movie, I guess, but it's not like a, a huge. It's not like every movie you watch is going to be a Spielberg film. I think it's uh yeah. It's what there's like ET there's like ET I think Ready Player One felt very reminiscent of that. Um, there's more, but yeah, that's like the general gist of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's he's got a lot of variety. He does have some certain things that he like really likes. Which West Side Story, I don't know if it necessarily fits into any of those, but like I notice he does a lot of like office people dramas like he's got the post he's got lincoln actually kind of fits in there too he's got catch me if you can where yeah they're exciting but they're about like a person who works a desk job doing exciting paperwork um and then he's got like alien movies and i think west side story is definitely neither of those but i just kind of thought about it like he's he's got he's got a couple of different like styles of movies that he falls into quite a lot. Yeah. Um, which I guess, I don't know what would have been a more obvious choice maybe, or if there was a more obvious choice, but like West side story, the more I think about it, it doesn't feel like the kind of story that Steven Spielberg would be as enthusiastic about as he is. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I, I guess he, how old is Spielberg? 
Is he? Um, he's like seventy five. <laughs> he's pretty he's, old. Oh, he's exactly seventy five. Oh, I, that's actually really cool. I had no idea. Um, so yeah, like I, I don't know if he was a what seventy five. He was definitely a a child when the movie for this came out. So he probably would have been about 11, 14. He was 15 when the first movie came out. Yeah. So I guess this might be, um, much more of a passion project for him in terms of he's remaking a movie that might've possibly affected him, affected him a lot as a child or inspired him. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I guess like, yeah, this is his first musical and it feels I get. I don't know why it it doesn't feel like something Spielberg would do, but it also kind of does in a way. I don't know how to say it, um, but yeah, like it, I guess choreography and stuff, or like dance choreography and filming along to music probably isn't something he's used to. Uh, but I, I thought he he I think he stepped into the role pretty naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess just before we talk about like specifically what this movie is about as his first directed musical, like not even, not even judging the movie at all. How do you think it was? How do you think he did as a director of a, of a musical on his very first ever musical? Um, well, yeah, yeah. It just felt like he's, he's done it before. Um, I, it's hard to tell because like for me, I, I, I don't, I, I feel like West Side Story is a very special, because it felt very different than a lot of musicals, if that makes sense. Like the the music that was used, or the type of music that was used was like, uh, I don't even know how to say it, honestly, but it, it felt very different to me, if that makes sense. Um, and it definitely, like, I think when Spielberg was directing this, he wasn't going into this with the, the frame of mind of I am directing a musical. It, it felt more like I'm directing a, like I'm directing. It, it felt like a love letter almost to like that era of, of musical, you know, like it, mm-hmm. I don't want to say like, he's very passionate about, about that, about that, uh, about the musical itself. So he wasn't like trying to make it its own thing or like, he was just trying to do as good as possible of a job uh, with what was given before, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, uh, a little bit about West Side Story. Um, I know we've had on the we've had a guest before, Ben, who um, unfortunately I think this would have been too too short notice to get him on uh, for this episode. But he, um, when he was on, we talked a lot about Sondheim and. Uh, West Side Story is notably Stephen Sondheim's first musical and also like one of his biggest, not probably not his, I mean, I would say arguably his biggest because he's got a couple of other ones that are like, all, he's got a lot of huge musicals in the musical world, but like West Side Story is, I mean, everyone knows West Side Story or at least has heard of it. Yeah. Uh, Pierre, how familiar were you with West Side Story before? Not this? at all. If at all. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. But yeah. I mean, you'd heard of it. Uh, yeah, sure. I like. I, I think I just heard of it because I had uh, seen trailers in theaters. 
for the most part. Oh, gotcha. Maybe. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to remember. But you hadn't seen the, the 1961 movie or anything? No. Okay. Um, yeah, so I guess for anyone else who's uh, fairly new to West Side Story, this is an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. And instead of taking place in, you know, medieval Italy, it takes place in 19, I want to say 1950s, I think 1950s New York, uh, specific with the the gang conflict basically being, uh, well, gang conflict, with a gang conflict in state in place of the um, Capulets and I want to say Mont. Montalbans? Montagues. Montagues. Montagues and Capulets. Instead of that, we've got the Sharks and the Jets. Uh, the Sharks, I believe, are... Uh, the Sharks are Puerto Ricans, and the Jets are, um, you know, poor white people. Uh, a lot of them are Irish or Irish-coded, but I don't think that they have, like, a specific ethnicity that they all adhere to. They're just sort of the poor white people who had lived in this district before the Puerto Ricans start, uh, became before a lot of Puerto Ricans came in. Yeah, and um, one of the Jets who used to be like their leader, but like I think he went to jail. Uh, his name is what is his name? And uh, not Ansel Elgort. Tony falls in love with uh, the sister of the leader of the sharks who is maria and that's basically that's that's where the whole thing starts and at that point it's basically just romeo and juliet uh we could recount the entire story and i'm sure that at some that to some degree we will but like pretty self-explanatory from there just romeo and juliet yeah i I actually didn't know that was kind of interesting going into it like the whole me slowly realizing this is Romeo and Juliet, basically. Um, which was unfortunate. Like, I, I don't really like that angle of the movie, to be honest. But anyways. Oh, are you um, just not a fan of... Are you not a fan of, like, Romeo and Juliet in general? Or just didn't... This, no, this adaptation didn't work for you? It's weird. Like, the whole... Because I remember liking... I actually really liked the, the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet, funnily enough. Oh, I loved that. Um, it just felt more like, I don't, I don't know how to say it. Like, I, I think with like the more modern take on love, like this is from the fifties and I know it's changed a lot since then too. Like, but like, it, it just felt more stupid to me that two people would fall in love and proclaim to run away with each other in less than 24 hours of meeting each other. Um, it felt a little more like, I guess in Baz Luhrmann's version, it was like, you know, like it, it, everything felt like a parody, so it kind of made more <laughs> sense. Um, and it kind of almost in a way, because, you know, Romeo and Juliet, I think by Shakespeare was meant to be a parody. Um, so it kind of like makes me like suspend my, my belief more. But this is like, it felt like a more serious movie. It, it was a more modern retelling of Romeo and Juliet. I just really couldn't buy into it the whole, the whole love angle. I, and that's the whole point of the movie. I just like, that it really it didn't make sense to me and as a result the movie became very boring for me because i could not buy into it at all i think that is like a big thing with adapting shakespeare 
Like, this isn't an adaptation of Shakespeare that does not use Shakespearean dialogue. It doesn't use, like, like, it's a full rewrite of Romeo and Juliet. Yes, it, like, maintains a lot of the themes and, like, the basic plot structure, but it is, like, a fully new story just based on that story. Um, Whereas Baz Luhrmann's, like, it uses the Shakespearean dialogue. It is a staging of Romeo and Juliet rather than, like, being based on it. Um, And I think that, like, with, with adaptations of Shakespeare, at least for me... Uh, I really like to have, like, I think there's something timeless about Shakespeare's dialogue, which probably, like, marks me as exactly the same as every single English teacher that's ever existed. But um, I do think that, like, it's a lot easier to suspend your disbelief and just, like, and just, like, realize and um, sort of engage with the themes when the dialogue isn't something new, when the dialogue is just what it's always been. Because I think it, um, I mean, the dialogue in Shakespeare is good anyway, but then uh, when the um, when the people who are adapting that story don't have to worry about creating like a new book from scratch, um, I think that it allows them to focus on other aspects of the story a lot. Like in Baz Luhrmann's version, um, like all of Baz Luhrmann's creative license comes in the staging and the set design and the production design and stuff like that. And that's the same with this year's uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth. It's a fantastic movie, but like... um, very little extra effort had to go into writing the dialogue because the dialogue already exists. And in this movie, even though the dialogue did already exist from the original 1951 musical, um, by remaking that dialogue, like having it not be Shakespearean dialogue, it incorporates a lot of themes that are, you know, very specific to 1951. And it's not that there isn't anything to be gotten from West Side Story nowadays. It's just that it's very hard to write, like, dialogue that endures basically forever. And I would argue that Shakespeare couldn't even quite do it. But Shakespeare did it well enough that, like, when people adapt his stuff later on, they just sort of don't need to fiddle with the dialogue too much. Where in West Side Story, like, at the very end... Uh, I won't spoil exactly what the end is, but there's a speech at the end that is like basically about gun violence and it's super cringy to hear in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, I, I, I kind of wish they, uh, I mean, Spielberg obviously wanted to do a retelling of something that meant a lot to him, but I, I wish they, I, I almost wish they updated it to a modern modern version if that makes sense i i guess it probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have worked because you know there's i mean there's still gangs but like obviously like maybe not you couldn't do the exact same like the puerto ricans versus the, the white people the americans um but yeah like uh, I, I, puerto ricans are americans oh sorry well like the i guess white people then white people versus yeah. puerto ricans um yeah so the that whole uh that whole thing didn't work for me. And, and especially like you, you mentioned uh, like that, the set design in Romeo and Juliet for Baz Luhrmann stuff was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything felt 
like very fantastical if that makes sense this movie i hated it just looked so dull to me i was reading about like the cinematography and stuff and people were praising it but i just couldn't i couldn't get into it um someone someone pointed out my friend i was watching with pointed out that the the colors were like base the colors were kind of dull but they were they were um referencing like the the sides people were taking like the puerto ricans were always very uh always in yellows and reds and the Amer- uh the the white the white gang the was like the jets was always in blue i think um mm-hmm. and that's like that's kind of a cute thing i guess but it's still like the movie still looked like the color palette was dead um which i think was supposed to be Spielberg was intentionally filming this to make it look like it was filmed in the 50s in some ways. Um, but I didn't like it. Like, it didn't mm-hmm. work for me. Um, I think he shot it digitally, too, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't. It didn't look like film, right? Uh, I'm not really sure. Because if he was going to do that, I don't know why. I think it would have looked much better on film. Because everything looked, everything looked clear yet dull, which I didn't like. Um, and I think film would have actually made that better, but it looked like it was shot digitally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the set design was. I think they really nailed kind of what they were going for. But I would definitely agree that. I mean, at least if I, I would definitely say that, like, what they were going for doesn't work. Um, didn't work the same way something like, you know, Romeo and Juliet by Baz Luhrmann did because not, very little about this movie felt magical, which I don't think it was supposed to. Like, I think they were going for a more, you know, as much as any any movie where people break out into song and ballet in the middle of the street can be realistic. They were going for something more realistic. But um, I don't know if that tone works perfectly like the way it should yeah so you know not definitely didn't work for me either i feel bad like do you want to talk about like i'm just trashing on this movie like i I feel like Um, you liked it right i so it was one of those where i did like it i did definitely enjoy it but um i saw it first the first time i saw it was in the theater in december so like two almost three months ago now and like i didn't uh it kind of faded from memory since then so like i can still talk about it i do remember this movie but it's not what i think about a lot despite me having like you know generally liked it i would say it's like i mean at least as far as best picture nominees go this year it's sort of middle of the pack for me i don't know so what did you think about like uh the actors and Ansel Elgort and uh, I, don't, I don't actually know anyone else in this movie. The names uh, of anyone well, else. So the the main cast is Ansel Elgort as Tony, Rachel Ziegler as Maria, Ariana DeBose as Anita, David Alvarez as Bernardo, uh, Mike Feist as Riff, and Rita Moreno as Valentina. Uh, now the highest profile of those is actually nominated for an Academy Award. So we'll talk about her at the end. Um, but as for the other ones, I think Mike Feist was incredible in this. Uh, he's actually, so he was, 
he was Ansel Elgort's, uh, he was Tony's best friend. The basically the leader of the Jets. Uh, he's like the first person we see in this movie, actually. Um, anyway, I thought he was amazing in this. Uh, I think he actually comes from Broadway or, you know, he has done a lot of work on Broadway. So like, uh, I'm not surprised that he was very good at singing and dancing in a musical. Um, but yeah, he knocked it out of the park. I think he was probably the strongest, at least male performance in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he is actually nominated for a BAFTA. Oh, that's nice. Very nice. Um, Rita Moreno is also like a really high profile, uh, addition to this cast because she was actually in the 1961 movie oh well and that yeah is pretty she, cool. she's been in both um she may have even been in the original uh in the original movie or not the original movie in the original staging but i don't i want to say probably not but maybe yeah yeah she was she was not in the original stage production but she was in the 1961 movie and actually um, in this movie, Rita Moreno plays the role of, uh, plays the role that's usually occupied by an older man in this movie named Doc. He is a very small role. He basically exists because Tony helps out at his shop and lives in his basement. Uh, in this movie, Rita Moreno plays, uh, Doc's wife and her role is significantly expanded. Um, um yeah it was she she gets yeah. her own like well she doesn't she gets a couple of her own like i don't know if that was in the original a couple of her own songs right or like I half, half think, of them like half songs i guess like duets i think one of them no never mind uh i don't think any of them are original songs but they're repurposed or like moved around so that she can sing them instead Oh, okay, cool. I, ah, uh, this is where it would actually be really cool to have Ben on the podcast, and maybe we can bring him back to talk about a different musical and then sneak in West Side <laughs> Story at the end. Yeah. Because, like, this movie, this movie version of West Side Story is, there are quite a number of differences from the original staging and from the way it's normally staged and from the original movie. But, like, I... I have seen the original movie once probably 20 years ago. So like I, that I definitely don't remember that. And I've never seen the, um, I've never seen any of this like broad or any of the stage shows. So I, I am not qualified to speak on that, but Ben would have lots to say. I'm sure. This is fair. Uh, yeah, I think I'm happy. They, the role was expanded more. I think even, uh, like, yeah, okay, even though I, I feel like her character was kind of got screwed over in a way, I think like having her have a bigger role was was maybe better for the overall movie. Because I, I, I'd say her, her character has the most emotional arc, if that makes sense, of anyone. Mm -hmm. um, so like it was kind of necessary. Um, even though I, I definitely say the movie was too long. It should have cut down in some ways. Yeah, I don't know if it could have been shorter. Like, I think, I don't know how much, how it compares to the stage show, but the stage show is really long. Yeah. Yeah, well, stage, sh stage shows are usually pretty long. They're usually like four hours, right? 
I'm not mistaken. Um, I think I like two and a half to three is oh, okay. like very common. Four is not unheard of, though. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah, anyways, the uh, I thought that kind of worked. I I just didn't like like her songs came in like I I remember the song where she's like, "There's opportunity in America" and stuff like that. It was it, it felt like it was that was like an hour into the movie, and it felt like that was an establishing character arc song, if that makes sense. Uh, like that, sorry, like, which which song it, are you talking it's about? It's the song where I don't know, like uh, they. Her her boyfriend's like I want I want to leave I don't think America has a lot for us kind of and she okay so we are currently talking about uh, Valentina who is oh. very old oh her okay I'm I don't I don't remember anything about Valentina I'm gonna be honest with you I'm oh, sorry okay. I was thinking Anita right yeah Anita yeah, okay, she is yeah. played by Ariana Debose okay cool um. Yeah, I'm. St- I'm sorry, actress for Valentina. I no. So didn't love your role. Interestingly enough, the actress for Valentina, she was in the original. So she was in the original movie production, um, like back in 1961. She played Anita. Oh! Oh! Wow! Okay. Cool. And she won an Oscar for that. And Ariana DeBose, who plays Anita this year, is also nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Oh wow. That that makes sense. I like that. She she was pretty good in that role. I don't know. What did you think of uh, Ansel Elgort? I don't know. He seemed out of place. Yeah. Why did they pick this guy? I I've only seen to like. I feel bad. I've only seen him in like Baby Driver. Maybe something else. I can't remember. Um. He just he has no screen presence. Um. Or charisma, in my opinion, and no chemistry. That's what pissed me off. No one had any. They had zero chemistry in this movie. Like at mm-hmm. least make me buy into it. Um, I I thought, I thought the girl that played or uh, I thought Rachel yeah. Zegler, uh, she plays she plays Maria, right? Yeah. Um, I thought she was solid. I don't think she was like amazing or anything. Um, but then Ansel Elgort was just really boring to watch the whole time. I could not buy into his character at all. I wanted like talk about his singing but i don't even remember it like he did sing in this movie i guarantee it yeah but like that's it that's all i can say it just didn't even make an impact which i don't know like i said i haven't seen the stage show of this but i feel like the main character should make an impact impact yeah like i I never i never bought into his character arc i never really bought into the whole him falling in love that quickly like he had no he had no chemistry with anyone in the movie. It wasn't just Maria, so I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I I definitely think he was miscast, which is surprising considering. Like I feel like Spielberg could have gotten any young actor for this role. It, it seemed like he was mostly reliant. He didn't want that many well known actors, or at least well known American actors. I don't know if the some of these uh, Puerto Rican uh, roles were like more famous. Um, but yeah, I, I I couldn't buy into it. Even like, well, uh, Maria, I didn't love. I thought her I thought her voice was a little too much for me. I thought I thought it ruined some of the songs. Because uh, mm. I don't know what what would you say like what what's her tone of voice? Is it is she like an alto or something? Oh gosh, um, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. But it was just like it felt a little like she was trying too hard. 
in a way, especially when you balance that out with Ansel Elgort, who could not sing. <laughs> and you kind of get like yeah. a weird, like, kind of, okay, so we have a really good singer that's like doing a little too much. And then we have a singer that literally can't do enough. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That was yeah, really I don't confusing. know. Like, if he didn't want big names, I don't know if that's what he was going for here, but if he didn't want big names, like, pick literally any person off of, well, not literally any person. There's lots of people on Broadway who are well-known on Broadway, but, like, complete unknowns to you and me, people who only watch movies. So, like, you know, you can pick up, you can pick out any person from Broadway and, like, make their career with West Side Story. It's weird to pick Ansel Elgort, who, like, came and went in this movie so hard. I don't think that, like, I don't think this movie is going to have any impact on his career at all. Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't see him. I, if anything, I feel like this also almost confirms, like, <laughs> he was he was put in an Oscar-nominated movie with Spielberg, and he couldn't make anything come from it. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if he'll have much of, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cast him for anything after this, if I'm going to be honest. It's uh, weird that, like, uh, I think, I honestly think that, like, eight years into his career and after having starred in a Spielberg movie and an, and an Edgar Wright movie, Ansel Elgort will probably go back, like, right now, his his biggest role that he's ever been in is probably The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, he was in that? Oh, that's crazy. He was, yeah, he was the guy in The Fault in Our Stars. Oh, well, I, I've never seen it, so that makes sense. But that was that was a kind of a big movie, too, wasn't it? Yeah, I think was, so. Oh. That's cool. The, the book was huge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of feel bad about not liking this movie. I, I, I've seen nothing but praise for it. Uh, I mean, it's it's based on a apparently a very famous musical that um, has... I know it's a lot of work has been put into it. Apparently, like, like, Spielberg is like, you know, this is a passion project for Spielberg, and I just, I didn't really feel anything. I was really, really bored the whole time. To be honest. Well, uh, to sort, I know we kind of have to wrap up, but to wrap up, you want to go through really, really quickly what this is nominated for and what, like, what you thought of it. You know, sing, uh-huh. single sentence <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. Um, oh shit! I'm I'm trying to find I, the I, nomination. I can just, I can tell you, I have okay, them all sure, written yeah, down. Hit me. Best sound. What you think? Uh, it, it's it shouldn't be Dune. Sorry? It shouldn't be Dune, so no, it's not. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like it. It wasn't good enough. Best production design. I think we actually like talked about this one specifically. It, just, it felt boring. Um, best costume design. Uh, still boring. <laughs> yeah. Cinematography. Uh, still pretty boring. Best supporting actress for Ariana DeBose. Um, I don't mind that one. Best director for Steven Spielberg. No, please. Best picture. Uh, no. There you go. West Side Story nominated for seven Oscars. Uh, I think I'm going to listen back to this and write these down because, uh, then we can, you know, we can post, we can post the too long didn't listen for this entire episode right on Twitter. I think, well, okay, you know what? I think it might win. I could see it winning Best Picture or Best Director just based on 
the impact or like how people are talking about it. But if I was if I was the the Oscars, uh, yeah, this would maybe wouldn't have a chance. I'm sorry. I think like um, in relation to those, I'll just comment really quickly. In terms of production design, I think they got exactly what they were going for. Just that what they were going for wasn't great. Uh, best supporting actress, Ariana DeBose is fine. Like hell yeah, sure, she deserves the nomination at least. Um, best picture and best director. This is high profile enough that I agree with you. It might win those. Should it win those? I don't think so, but it might because it is very high profile. Yeah, it's definitely. I think it 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 probably has the most momentum going into the Oscars, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not it wins, we'll we'll have to see. I don't know. And, and I don't just, really care. Last final thing, what would you put this? Uh, if you had to put a number on this on this movie, oh jeez, I was I was almost hoping I wouldn't have to do this. Probably like because uh, I feel bad because I know like I really respect Spielberg and I know this means a lot to him. Uh, I think like he did the best job he could, you know. So like, I'll just give it like a I I gotta give it a three. I yeah. I couldn't buy into it at all. I apologize. I'm going to give it a six and a half, which is really, really good, actually, but like doesn't sound really good because people don't think anything under a seven is very good. But like it is. I I thought that it was fine. Uh, it didn't leave that much of an impact, though. So that's about the highest I can give it in good faith. Damn. All right. We will figure out what we're going to talk about next because uh, we're out of time. <laughs>